0: Nerdcore, rise up! It could get elevated. Nerdcore, rise up! It could get
1: elevated. Have you have You played pre- your intro, intro or is that going to throw?
0: It's just an intro. It's, <laughs> it, there's no song on this intro. Are
1: oh, you not doing the song? Okay.
0: No, because I. Uh, Highly messed up the education one last week. You did a little bit. Well,
1: you so didn't mess I, it up. You nailed it, but it was the context
0: wasn't there. Yeah, it was very questionable I did another brick in the wall part two, not thinking about the context of the songs. <laughs> I don't pay attention to lyrics to songs. I go right along enough. with it, like yeah, I, yeah. I just go along with the How beat and stuff. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I do not pay attention to any lyrics, <laughs> like and so this is where we are um (laughs) but welcome to every man's guide to nerd where we are 230 to 40 something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever
1: we want i'm chris and i'm kyle and if you guys would like to hang out with the community outside of just listening to us on you know whatever you're listening to us on we'll have links in the show notes down below for our discord you guys can hop in there there's lots of cool conversations going on we're talking about anything and everything nerdy from movies, TV shows, comics, anime, video games, uh, beer beers in there, wrestling, uh, sports balls, all the fun stuff is in there. So if you guys want to hang out and now, education and now education. So hop in there, uh, lots of talks going on. And then if you want to hang out with Chris and myself, live, we play video games very poorly every Friday and Saturday night, broadcast to the world on Twitch. You can find Chris over there. Oh, I did it right that time. Uh, at GuyVERUNT01, G U Y V E R U N T 01. And uh, that's at Twitch, twitch.tv slash GuyVERUNT01. And then I'm just K Sig, K underscore um, S I G. We play community games on Friday night and we play indie horror games on Saturday night together for a few hours. And then whoever else wants to join in, you guys are welcome as long as we've got the slots. So. And we get scared a lot and we scream. We scream a lot. Chris injures himself quite often. It's, a lot. It's fun. At least watch for that. So at least at least watch for that one. And yeah,
0: yeah. What are you gonna do? So we are continuing um, something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Not kind of. It is Um, education. This is what part two. This is our twofer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because because I graduated from Oklahoma schools. That's twofer. Both of us. We got this a twofer. Um, This is part two. Our first one was with Doctor. Justin, and according to Hughes, if you read the comments in the um, episode discussion, mm-hmm. uh, long-winded Dr. Justin, according to
1: Hughes. Yeah, we were actually um, just guests on his show, I think. We were. Yeah. It was the
0: Justin show.
1: Yeah. We were just and then there for the ride.
0: Lovely Shelby. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing second grade teacher. And now we've got part two, where we have a, she is very close to my heart. Um, we've been friends for a while now. And she happened to win the most prestigious education award in the state. Uh two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Um, Mrs. Rebecca Peterson. Hello. She, hello. She is the state teacher of the year for the state of Oklahoma for 2022. So wow. what,
1: yeah, awesome. Welcome.
0: Welcome. <laughs> thank
1: you. Oh, thank, you for, well, thank you for having me. Oh thank you for. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you for agreeing to do our little uh nerdy podcast. My joy. And um we're actually gonna have Rebecca's husband on at some point too, because he's I wanna say he's a math nerd also um for accounting. And he's the one who pays me. So I want to make sure I keep him happy.
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, always keep that guy happy.
0: Yeah, no, we're we're definitely gonna keep that Mm -hmm. guy happy. Um (laughs) Even though he offers me banana bread and doesn't deliver. Uh, he does apparently, not deliver. <laughs> no, uh, Kyle, apparently Rebecca makes this most amazing banana bread. And mm-hmm. there was supposed to be some for me. And she messaged me and asked how it was. And I said, what banana bread? And she she kind of outed her husband their bread. So I emailed him and go, hey, I hear your wife makes awesome banana bread. And his response, his email back was, it is delicious. Rebecca makes g- great banana bread. You should try it sometime. He was supposed to have given it to me. Ah,
2: He ate it. Instead, he ate he it. He ate it. Yeah. It was
1: like in lieu of payment or
2: were you, like <laughs> you still we're getting talking?
1: paid and the banana bread both?
0: Uh, maybe it was in lieu of payment. Mm. Oh, That's I probably didn't meat. get paid that two weeks. Or <laughs> your banana bread. You got shafted it all the way around. Bread. Man, what's wrong with that? Oh. So, Rebecca... Why don't you tell us, um, now that you've heard about banana bread mm-hmm. for five minutes, <laughs> why don't you tell us um, what do you teach and how long you've taught for?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I currently teach AP calculus. I have kind of taught the range of math classes and this is my 13th year as an educator, my tenth year at Union um prior to coming to Union I actually taught at the college level um but really just I love high schoolers I just think they're super funny and fun and um really really love spending my day with them
0: um if you guys are watching the video right now uh, Rebecca has her husband Brett with us right now um on the table um mm. he shouldn't be he needs he needs a haircut a nice stash, very nice, nice stash. stash. Yeah. Brett, you look wonderful.
2: Unfazed. It's her cat. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and then so, yeah, I forgot to change that one. Um, Kyle, this is you.
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, do you like the the premise of the show and like kind of help kind of set that tone for it is we we wanted to talk about not just this show but like the show in general like the big idea is that everybody is nerdy about something everybody's passionate about something um and it's not always the stereotypical like nerdy things that you think about with comics and video games and Mm -hmm. superheroes and things like that it's a feeling that someone gets when they're talking about something that they're passionate about and that they're super excited about. Um, and that's part of why we're doing this. Like there's, there's this like them to education and 100%. <laughs> and, um, like, would you, but in also I guess in the, the general sense of nerdiness, would you consider yourself a nerdy educator? Yes. If you do Why?
2: Um, I mean, I have two degrees in math, and that's, that's we all we needed, a, really. We're the out. most popular <laughs> person in the room. Uh, yikes. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I I very much relate to what you're saying. So, I that's how I feel about mathematics. Like, I love showing my students like the ubiquity of calculus. It is everywhere. Like, anytime you see. Um, a rate or accumulation like that is calculus and I get like such a high like showing my students just the beauty of math and I think we get to answer what I find are really interesting questions in calculus like you know what's what's been the average value of a bitcoin over the last month or like when is the U.S. population going to hit an inflection point or um when is my body going to allow me to fall asleep after drinking a cup of coffee at 6 p.m. or whatever? Just really fascinating ideas. Um, and these concepts are not answerable. Is that a question word a word? Um, it is now. With it is. Just like we don't have Justin on this week,
1: so we're good. We yeah. can like, so we you can, can say whatever you want. We can butcher English all we want to. We're fine.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, but but these are like questions that algebra techniques can't answer. Um, so calculus is really the study of taking harnessing the power of infinity to answer questions that algebra fails to answer. So um, I get very excited about that, which I think most definitely classifies me as a nerd.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's a great thing. <laughs> but Kyle, okay, did you hear her statement though?
1: A lot she's of the math.
0: Thanos of Oklahoma ah. she's harnessing the power of infinity-huh
1: to create something. And that he, is a joy for like students anti Thanos because he harnessed the power of infinity to destroy something um, by half.
0: Maybe she's destroying hatred of
2: math. That's right. See my by philosophy half. is everybody's a math person.
0: I would argue that with me <laughs> because when I got asked what two times two was and I answered Texas, I knew math was not for me.
2: Mm-mm. No. But, Maybe it was the teacher.
0: But no, you're, but no she's true. right. She's absolutely right. Everyone it, is a math person. I and was going to say she's
1: absolutely right. It was the teacher. Like, it was the teacher. No, it was the teacher. <laughs> 100% she was, right. She Calm was out me out on she it. Told
0: me, yeah, she told me two times two was Texas and I was right. Mm. Um. But now that's, a, I really like your explanation of that, Rebecca, It it's kind of a, it's an easier way to break down stuff because I've never thought of it like that. And that's something that you broke it down to where I could understand it, or yeah. your passion, which is really cool. And
2: I think that's like, that's what we have to do <laughs> as teachers, you know, like we all picked our subject for a reason because we <laughs> love it, right? Um, and then the key is for our students to see that passion as well, um, because I think all of us, like at the human level, we are drawn to passion. Even if, like, even if we're not passionate about math, like if we see that someone else is that I like respect, mm-hmm. um, you can make pretty deep connections through that,
0: which is awesome. That's great to hear. Um, see see how much shorter her answer was and it got
1: right to the point justin yeah i hope he's listening (laughs) justin Mm -hmm. we were still at at this point of the last episode we were still introducing justin so or (laughs) he was introducing himself one or the other either way we love you justin Yeah. um so so how would so One thing that we we've talked about before, not just with the teaching thing, but with just connecting with other people is um, trying to find that that common ground, something that the kids are interested in, uh, which is, you know, typically something, you know, you find some common ground, like a lot of times just pop culture things, common ground to, to relate things to and uh, not even necessarily relating the, uh, the subject, but being able just to relate to the students, uh, mm-hmm. to where they connect. Um, is there anything that you do or, you know, that, uh, that you like that you bring into class that helps you relate with the students on a, on a, on a level where they'll want to be engaged?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know the textbook answer is like build relationships with your students and it's not wrong it's just like we don't talk about how to build those relationships I think at least at maybe the high school level um I don't think there's you know a right or wrong way to do that I think you have to really stay true to yourself as a teacher because there's no like one way to be a great teacher you know um but for me I I'm an introvert and so it's very comical that I teach at what, the second largest high school in the state. Um, I mean, like, I purposely don't use the restroom during passing (laughs) periods. I'm just like, okay, well, I will wait till lunch. I don't need to be out there. It gives me anxiety. Um,
1: I do the opposite. I wait until I go to work. So then I'm on the clock. And (laughs) Me
0: too. Even though I'm salaried, it
1: lost its joy now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so for me, it's like, it's really important to get to know my students, Um, outside of like the academic context. And again, I I do better in like a smaller setting and I'm really, really passionate about stories. (laughs) And so I have my calculus students all 110 this year, sign up for a time like outside of instructional time so before school after school during lunch. to just come tell me their story because they have to listen to my story <laughs> the first day of school and um we do we just chat and um you know I just ask them to tell me about themselves and I'll, you know have have questions if if I need them but really it's just a time to to learn about them and we may have a ton in common we may have not much at all in common but it doesn't really matter because we're listening to each other and you know there's that quote of there isn't anybody you can love once you do their story and I think that's so true in education and sometimes we do just kind of um, get so bogged down with all the responsibilities of teaching and it's it can be understandably so easy to jump to like why is this kid kid acting this way um but like once I know their story there's just and I think once they know mine too like there's mutually just so much more grace to go around and it's incredible like how the classroom space sh- sort of shifts like after I've sat and listened to you know 100 plus stories um and it takes I mean it takes a good 10 weeks to get through those sessions and they're really heavy 10 weeks I mean even at the age of 16 17 18 like the mountains I mean Chris knows the mountains they've climbed so young is um, it's heart-wrenching and still like still they come to class I mean almost every day with a smile on their face like ready to learn calculus <laughs> just like what like what an incredible joy and also responsibility to to like get to be a part of their academic career um but but yeah just knowing where they come from is for me step one and that's I mean that's how I kind of start to build the relationships again there's like no there's no formula to this you know there's no i mean as much as we want to think there is there's no real like textbook to teaching i think it is so important to stay true to who you are and for me i just really enjoy talking to people and listening um so so that's kind of how we start um other things i do just throughout the year is i like will celebrate every single birthday half birthdays if they're in the summer um we practice mindfulness um because I teach some I mean self-proclaimed like pretty stressed out kids you know and so um one way not I think it's not just important for me to connect to them but I think it's really important for them to connect with their own minds um and so we do mindful Mondays where where I kind of teach them some breathing techniques and I think even just that act of like I'm going to teach you something that's not content related also really helps build the relationship because they see like oh she's interested in like who I am as a person, not just who I am as like a math student. Um, we've done like pen pals with fourth graders at Darnaby, another um, Union elementary or union school. Um, and that's just really incredible to see see that mentorship kind of um, blossom. Um, we play, we play. Play a lot of games. Um, I've been really fortunate to receive incredibly generous grants. So I have a lot of like card games and board games in my classroom. And I try to um, try to just take 20 minutes every you know week or two to just have a brain break and have it have a fun time <laughs> because um, they spend so much time in school. Like it needs it to some extent, like it needs to be fun as well, you know? Um, I want them to like look forward to coming to class and I want them to know that they're gonna have it a good time. Like, I that's not to say that they're not gonna struggle. I, I very much um am a proponent for productive struggle. I you will hear me say that struggling in mathematics is no more the enemy than sweating is in football. Like it's proof that you're in the game. And so um, but I like to mix that like productive struggle with having just a good time and um all that built through relationships.
0: Where was, were you when I was in high school <laughs> and struggling with math? Where were you at? That's like, it
2: well, Chris. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> it's That's such a great approach and outlook to education. It's very refreshing to hear because I think one of the things you hear now, especially during the pandemic, what is this your three we're into now
2: yeah
0: yeah it's 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 the struggles the struggles how terrible it is and it's so nice to hear this optimistic outlook on I want to get to know you as a person you're not just my student you're a person tell me your story that is so cool to me
2: I mean we have to though you know because it is so it can be so draining, like we. And so we have to be so very intentional about practicing joy. Um, and to me, joy is is not binary. Like joy is not the opposite of sadness. Joy can hold it all. Like it can hold the really tough aspects of teaching, um, and recognize that. Right. <laughs> well, that really was not great. Um, but joy can also hold the good. And I think that joy insists on the good and the light and the true having the final word understanding that it wasn't all good you know um but insisting on the good having the final say
0: so you said you had 110 kids this year is that a light year that's a very light year
2: what Mm -hmm. is your
0: what's your normal load
2: 140.
0: so any of you enemies of education, who say teachers get paid enough? You know, classroom sizes here in Oklahoma are just fine. A hundred and forty kids in yeah. six hours. Yep,
2: I've had thirty-seven. You in a in one class? You kind of like you're like, well, maybe someone will be absent today. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm sitting on the floor. Um,
0: yeah, it's, just, it's there's not enough. Mm.
2: There's
0: not enough of you to go around. There's not enough desks. Right. There's not yeah, enough books. Is, there's um, not enough money.
2: No, there's not. <clears throat> uh, the, that report that the legislators just uh, released a couple months ago, and 12% of mathematics, secondary mathematics teachers have um, a degree in math or math ed. So yeah, there's not enough of us, you know.
0: And it's, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It really does, because usually when I hear from Rebecca during the week, I know that there's there's either a problem. There's there it's something big. It's never hey, my L key on my keyboard stuck. It's never stuff like that. It's usually like my entire system's down, and some kid set fire to my uh, my whole cart of laptops, and then they threw an iPad through a window. You know, it's like something major, or it's like hey, I've got. That doesn't this sound really- like you
1: totally made that up. Like there feels like there's some like real life substance in that
0: every single one of those scenarios has happened (laughs) (laughs) every single one of those scenarios has happened just like you know how like there's like the the rules you see like at amusement parks like don't pee in line (laughs) that's more that's
1: like a suggestion that's not really
0: (laughs) okay that's a suggestion for kyle
1: but More for the rest of us,
0: there's a reason that line. rule is in place. It's because it happened before. Like, we don't cut off websites because we want to. It's like <laughs> right, oldgrannyporn.com. There's a reason we have that blocked.
1: That also sounds very specific. I'm not even going to ask. I don't even want to know.
0: <laughs> we were testing out our new filter, and I had to test out. I just typed in porn, and the first thing that came up, was old, hairy, granny porn. Literally the first search term in pictures and videos. And I'm like, god ah, ah. And, of course, you know, our guy who's in charge of the web filter, that part of the web filter, is just dying. He goes, that was <laughs> under your login. And I go, I know. So, yeah, there, there's a reason for that.
1: That's in your algorithm now. That's good to know.
0: But Google <laughs> has it. It's like, what
1: is Chris like?
0: Oh! oh. Yeah, yeah, well, mm. we'll just...
1: Turn off the internet okay, for everybody yeah, well,
0: now. Well, we're just not, you know, that part of town, we're not going to have internet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so back to it again, Rebecca, this is why we have the flow. Because
1: <laughs> we do this The um, world really easily, especially yeah. about, anyway. Kyle,
0: can you imagine that? 140 kids, you and I have problems with our two. I've got two that have, the reason we didn't do this last night is Kyle was, he was a little busy and my two came down with the flu. Mm-hmm. And I have been dealing with that. I'm going to be up all week dealing with this. And it is awful because they're coming in at night.
2: Mm-hmm. So imagine that. Yeah, uh, but your own is, is different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I only have one at home. So. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> worry.
0: Brett told me there's three more coming. Um, I see your face.
1: Wait a minute. Brett? From where? <laughs> From where? <laughs> Math. <laughs> math multiplication there we go Multiple, that's easy multiplication so, uh, but
0: imagine that imagine I'm having trying, 140 I'm, kids
1: i'm wrapping my head around the 110 because that's 10 times more kids than i graduated high school with
0: it's a
2: big building yeah that's a
0: lot. our our building is uh that high school she teaches in Kyle, is over a million square feet mm-hmm. and it's about to get a lot bigger with the new section that they're adding on
2: 30,
1: 3,500 kids, grades 10 through 12. Wow. Yeah. That's, I think that's how many are in the town that I live in, like people. So they just got a stop sign. I
2: mean, well, massive. we got
1: a, the blinky. Well, no, oh. actually, no, they replaced the blinky red light. <laughs> and now we have the green, yellow, and red. We have all three colors now. So we're, but you got a
0: stop light. Yeah. You guys are moving up.
1: Yeah. We got, we got that one. And then they replaced the four way stop sign downtown. So like we're really doing well. And they used math to do it, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's like, oh, we need three lights now instead of one. Mm-hmm. Math, <laughs> math, and people complained anyway. <laughs> Mostly Kyle. No, I didn't. I care. don't know but
0: what to do. What is the green
1: one? That was just the the stupid. Anyway, that's a whole another thing. But <laughs> that is a way whole other. That's yeah. That'll so... be
0: episode uh, one hundred and one. Yeah. Stoplights versus Kyle.
1: Stoplights versus Kyle. Stoplights win. <laughs> uh, so we got, you, you kind of hit on it just briefly a little bit. Uh, uh, you taught your um, high school. Now you've you done uh, some college teaching. Uh, tell us a little bit about your education background. We, obviously math. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah.
2: Um, I, so I, I knew for a long time I wanted to be a teacher, but I, <laughs> That's something I keep on the DL. I was homeschooled in high school, so I mean I, I don't think I I had no context for like what would high school teaching be like. So, um, I was really privileged and was able to take um, concurrent classes at TCC when I was in high school, and so that was I was like, oh, I you know I love this. I think I could see myself doing this. So, I <clears throat> went into college with the intention of being a college professor. Um, So I got my undergrad in pure mathematics at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Um, That's where I met Brett. And then we both moved to South Dakota, um, where he's from, to get our master's. Um, So he has his master's in accountancy, and I got my master's in pure math with an emphasis in advanced calculus. Um, And then, but during, like, while I was getting, taking or getting my master's I got to teach um a few sections of college algebra like that's how you know I paid for graduate school um and I I mean I just loved that I loved that aspect of grad school um getting to teach the undergrads and just kind of like helping them feel confident in this course that a lot of them were dreading taking honestly you know um or had already taken and failed so um I really, I mean, I I very much enjoyed the classes I was taking, but I really, I think my favorite part of grad school was getting to teach and, which was great because I mean, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, I decided to take a quote break from my education and the plan initially was to go all the way through and get my PhD. Um, and I really just had like a couple classes I would have needed to take plus, you know, a dissertation um which is no small thing obviously but I was like I'll, I'll take a break I'll come back to this I'm really loving teaching I had done both degrees in five years so it was like I, I kind of needed a breather um so then I accepted that job at Tulsa Community College but part of my assignment was teaching um this is where I met Chris um the concurrent classes at Union High School and I was like well this is very serendipitous like full circle because that's how I, everything started for me was concurrent classes um so I did that for a year and I loved it but as I was doing it I was like I really enjoyed my classes that I'm teaching at Union and I found myself being, getting kind of like jealous of the high school teachers there because it was like they teach similar content, but like they get all year instead of a semester and they get five days a week with these kids instead of three. And it, that just felt like such a luxury to have like all this time with these kids, um, whereas like I had such a short amount of time to teach. Honestly, like sometimes the same amount of material and. Um, so my, um, the liaison between TCC and Union also happened to be the principal at Union at the time, and she encouraged me to get my alternative certification, not to be confused with emergency certification, and <laughs> um, I did that. And then that following year, I started teaching at Union full-time, and the rest is history.
0: And we will call her by name. She is one of my favorite people in this world, Lisa Witcher
2: best the best of
0: the best she is one of my absolute favorite people in this world um, me too. me too but we are certainly lucky that you made the jump i'll put it that way
2: thank you i it was meant to be
0: okay and i've got to ask because i'm hearing it in the back is that coco melon in the background or <laughs> no it's pokemon <laughs> oh, okay i thought i heard pikachu for a sec but i wasn't sure and don't
2: we're diving in deep
0: <laughs> hey don't don't feel bad because yours is about the same age as my youngest and his youngest his youngest okay. is one year older than my you okay
2: yep. so
0: we're all very familiar with any of those sounds that may come out or random <laughs> mommy mommy mama yeah any of those <laughs> no. if there's any interruptions during this don't worry about it like that's what it that happens to our podcast
1: a lot yeah there's <laughs> A lot of old episodes where you see me just kind of
0: and me too yeah or we go, and like there's yeah. one where my youngest will come up and just come right here and you'll see yes, yes. and it's like no okay go away go away I, you're too young to be on the internet yeah it happened wait till college um so what age did you know you is there any okay two-part question is there any other teachers in your family? I know you have a fairly big family. If I yeah. Remember. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else as a teacher? And when, what age did you figure out you wanted to be a teacher?
2: There are no other teachers on my side of the family. Brett comes from a long line of teachers. Um, my sister has a degree in education and she taught for a year and she said she was one and done, that was, that was it, um, and I can't say I blame her because it's, you know, it's not a gig, right. not good yeah, gig, yeah. and <laughs> she, had, she had a really tough year. Um, I don't know that I would have survived that year either, to be honest. Um, and yes, I, I have known, I feel like forever that I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I just kind of like you know when I was in first grade I wanted to be a first grade teacher when I was in third grade I wanted to be a third grade teacher which explains why like I didn't pursue high school teaching initially because I didn't have like a traditional high school experience Um, but the only other thing I really thought about doing funny enough was um, working for the National Security Agency because they hire more mathematicians than any other organization in the world um so you know encoding decoding that kind of thing um really like applied mathematics but it's you know it's a huge like it's a huge commitment I mean it's not something you do for a couple years and can get out if you're not for the NSA no yeah they they (laughs)
0: let they're happy letting anyone walk in the door and then just just leaving with like a armful of boxes they're fine with that yeah. Right,
2: totally.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, they're they're
1: fine with that, right, Kyle? Yeah, they're fine, they're fine. Okay. <laughs> My NSA guys probably watch me super heavy right now. Anyway, so yeah, that's true.
0: He's under watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, for, for the stoplight in town, that's um, <laughs> causing a ruckus. He he got mad at it and started yelling at it one night. Mm. Uh, I
1: know you stop.
0: So <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell me what to so- do, sign.
0: Well, that's really interesting to hear that you have no really no educators in your background. And then because a lot of the stories we hear are, yeah, yeah. I come from a long line of teachers, mm-hmm. or my mom was a teacher. So it made me want to do it. So it's really interesting that you chose to do it and stuck with it.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. That is weird. I I'm like everybody in my family, pretty much, other than my my sister who has the education, my other my sister who has the education degree isn't an educator anymore we like flip flopped, but everybody is in the medical field like uh, my dad's a doctor my mom's a nurse my other sister's a nurse my brother oh, there's a 13 year age gap but he's starting to be a doctor right now i mean wow i am, I am the black sheep of the family
1: i know that <laughs> kyle no, knows that one too they're,
2: they're, they're very proud but it's um yeah i
1: well, your, your passion for it definitely shows because you made a comment a little mm-hmm. earlier about when you were um, teaching at the college and you were jealous of the teachers that got to have five days a week with them instead of three days a week. And I think that shows like like there's a passion there for like helping mm-hmm. and yeah, and wanting, wanting to teach and wanting to see these kids grow and learn that. Um uh, and just in you know nationwide for sure but definitely in our state that we definitely need i mean with with the teacher shortage and with mm-hmm. just trying to keep people there like i would you know that speaking of this is how bad the shortage is i think i was at parent teacher conferences for my little guy in kindergarten i've known the superintendent for several years my background is so far from education um and uh, we were like striking up conversation he's asked what I was doing for work now like I almost thought about trying to go get the emergency certificate so I could go Mm -hmm. teach and go from there and his eyes lit up like no you don't want that never mind (laughs) he's like no no you should go do like no you don't want I changed my mind you don't want me trust me but yeah
2: so we hit a record high of (laughs) 3600 emergency certifications this year in Oklahoma um which we were in like the the 30s total like 10 years ago you know um we are projected to lose over 4 000 teachers this year due to retirement and attrition not when they come back yeah exactly and we only we only have 1100 mm-hmm. kids graduating from college in may with education degrees so like i mean we truly are not creating enough teachers i mean we're just not no and
0: it's, I think, I don't remember if I said this last episode or not. I think at Union, we lost 154 over Christmas. Wow. Just, um, I know two of them who told me straight up, I'm not, it's awful. Parents yell at me. They expect me to watch their kids. The kids are, are, are not great right now um it's I can't do it and so I think it takes a special kind of person to want to stick it out right now um brings us back to you want to serve you want to be there for the kids and you have to actually have the passion to help the kids the whole reason that we're there are the kids and I think a lot of people lose sight of that
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the, I joke, but, like, they're a boss. You know? like, they really
0: are. As uh, I much mean, as I it, hate saying that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, can, that can very much be taken out of context mm-hmm. but, and, and not how I intend it to be, but I do. I think, like, sometimes... You can't sometimes, do any worse than
1: Chris does right in context. context. You're fine. <laughs> so. no, you, you're golden. I am the you're king of mispeakings. You're doing great on that.
0: You're There's phenomenal.
1: There, yeah. yeah, I'm <laughs>
0: sure I'll stick my foot in my mouth soon. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because we're only like halfway through the list. So yeah, we got plenty of time for you to do something.
0: <laughs> That's <been messing> up.
1: <laughs> Wrong button, wasn't it?
0: Nope. That was the right one. That was me okay. scuttling away. <laughs> um so, well I number 10. I don't even know if we need to go over because she kind of
1: we just kind of hit that.
0: Yeah, num- our number 10 question was what else did you want to be? Oh yeah. And, what cemented your decision to be in education. You kind of hit that. So yeah, awesome. Uh, Go over what your typical day is like, your hours, like how much time does teaching take for you? And does it take away time from your family? Is there a good balance? Do you have to put a firm um, Mm -hmm. divider in there, say this is Mm -hmm. family time now. I'm not going to think about anything else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I I don't know that there is a typical day in teaching. Um, But, yeah, I get to school at about 730. um, And I spend the morning, you know, doing my special rain dances to make sure all the technology works and all that. Um,
1: Ow, Chris. (laughs)
2: Thank you. You've been lovely. Mm -hmm. Uh, um but yeah, just getting the classroom set up. Um making sure I've got everything ready to go for that day. Um the first bell rings at 805. So class, the first class starts at 810. Um and really try to make sure that I'm like out there greeting students during those five minute passing periods. And um I'll teach first, second, third, and fourth, back to back to back. Um, and that's, again, this year it's all calculus, which is is different for me. I usually have <clears throat> at least two, if not three preps, but this year it's all, all cal- AP Calculus AP, which is basically Calc 1. Um, then fourth hour ends at, um, let's see here, 12.20. And I usually stay in my room for like 10 minutes to answer the emails I haven't had a chance to look at throughout the day. Um, and then I'll go grab lunch. Usually I get there at like 12.45 and I'll have 20 minutes because the bell rings at 1.05. Um, and then I'll teach fifth hour from one ten to 2.10 and then i have 6 hour plan from 215 to 311 um and during plan i i mean i plan <laughs> again i grade um i you know have been taught this course now for a while there's not And having taught from the same book now for a few years, there's not as much, um, like, oh, what, which questions should I assign? It's more now like, oh, can I make this lesson better, you know, for this year or like, oh, um, I didn't really love that activity from last year. Is there a better activity we can do? Or, um, they really struggled with this question, the assignment, like, how can I, um scaffold it to where they're not gonna struggle as much when they're on their own so <clears throat> that's really to me one of the I, th- I think one of the reasons really um creative people stay in teaching because we it, it is such a creative outlet for us um and we have i mean that with the right administration we have a lot of autonomy so i think that uh, I, a lot of the teachers I, I really respect and look up to get like really giddy about like creating you know a better activity for this objective um and that's something you get to do once you've really taught the material for a long time because you you know you know the material inside and out you know what's coming up so like um you you know where they're going to stumble and so I guess there could be this temptation of just like, well, I'm going to do what I did last year. Um, But I really enjoy. Not that every lesson's new every year. I don't want to say that, but I really enjoy um, bringing like that creative aspect to my work um, and to my teaching. Um, I usually leave work around. So once the bell rings, sometimes I'll have duty after school and I'll come back. To my classroom, and um, sometimes I have after-school tutoring. But um, for the most part, I usually just stay in my classroom and continue to grade and plan. And I leave around um, four, between four and four thirty, most days. Um, and then sometimes I will work on stuff at home. I don't do any grading at home. I, I that's like my hard and fast rule. Um, sometimes if I get like you know, a creative spark, like you can't deny that, you know, you just gotta, uh-huh. gotta work on that um, when it comes. So sometimes I do work at home, but it's usually something I'm like, that just like comes to me and I'm excited to work on. Um, as an advanced math teacher, I write a lot of rec letters, like a lot, um, and that I usually save for the weekends. So I will, during like admission season, I'll write probably two rec letters every weekend. Um, But yeah, I try, I mean, I try to keep a pretty healthy balance. I have a ridiculously supportive husband. um, And so we divide a lot of the like chores at home. Um, So yeah, I feel like I have a pretty good balance now. i won't say that it has always been that way.
0: Sure. Did it? How long? How many years did it take to get to this point? Like to find the balance?
2: Uh, I think it just it more depends on like what you're teaching. You know, like every time you have a new prep or every time you adopt new textbooks, like it's like whoa. Um, or anytime you you choose to do a huge overhaul of your courses. Like last year, I, I decided to flip both my courses, and I mean it was just incredibly time consuming. Um, but I, I'm reaping some of the benefits of that now because I'm not having to make videos for every single lesson, right, right, multiple courses.
0: See, that's awesome. So as you all heard, it's not, and you heard it last week too, for those of you who listened to part one of the education part podcast, it's not a one and done. It's not ever a one and done. It's not a one size fits all. I think Rebecca nail on the head there. You have to be a creative person, um, in my opinion, to teach mm-hmm. because you're constantly reinventing
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, your lessons on um, how you get through to the kids. Because not every kid learns the same. It's like we've, we've said before, like, I'm a visual learner. I cannot. And that's why I think I'm kind of the oddball in the computer field. Most computer people can just read it and go, oh yeah, let's do like this, this, and this. Me, I have to draw it, I have to see it, I have to play around with it for it to Mm -hmm. be concrete and that's how I get it. Mm -hmm. And that's like one thing that like, I think some of the bosses that I've worked for in technology just don't get because they're so high up there with that mental, like, oh yeah, let's do it all in our head. They, they don't understand that everyone Learns is different, different. yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes the difference between a great a good teacher and a great teacher
2: yeah yeah they can understand that
0: um, so that's really cool to hear that that's what you you're doing not that you're spending a lot of time on it
2: you you know because it's like it becomes like this puzzle you know (laughs) like so like okay like this is going to work well for my kinesthetic learners but like what about my auditory learners or um or this activity is going to be great for my extroverts what about my introverts like and so um I don't know I mean that like that part really speaks to me as well because it's problem solving
0: which is amazing in itself It really is that you do this undertaking. And I think another benefit that you're seeing from your hard work is the award you just got. Um, That shows your dedication and which is really amazing. It's wild.
2: Like it's, it's a dream.
0: And we are actually going to talk about her award here and how that's changed her towards the end here.
1: Um, There was something you said uh, towards the end of the last little bit uh, with planning and all that. Like, you know, you don't, have to do the videos as much anymore and so that that's a really good lead into the last couple of years we've we've all been affected by this in some way shape or form oh yeah Um, and so you were teaching before how did it change the way you taught when covid started and how now that we're coming back to a sense of semi normalcy and in mm-hmm. things you know less uh virtual and more in class, like what have you taken from the time of the time of covid and applied it to how you used to teach in the before times to now and like how did just how did that shape how you teach now
2: yeah yeah that's a great question so <clears throat> that i mean we should, we had that shut down in in the spring of 2020 and then that summer of 2020 i um, was given my schedule, um, and I had calculus and pre-calculus. I had three face-to-face calculus sections, one face-to-face pre-calculus section, and one, I said, give me, give me all the virtual calc kids, um, because I didn't want them to be thrown into some platform with not a teacher, you know, just like a, a monitor basically. Um, But like within these (laughs) sections, they were just so fluid, you know, like you'd have a kid in face-to-face that is quarantined or a kid that's in face-to-face but is like truly sick, Um, a kid that's virtual but does come to campus for other things, a kid that is face-to-face but has opted, and we allowed them to like opt out basically of coming to class for months at a time. And so there were... I mean, there are just so many different, like, pockets of students, and I just thought, like, how am I going to keep everybody, like, essentially on the same page, um, and, you know, we were told, sorry, but not officially, but, like, we expect to be in distance learning by Labor Day, is what I was told, like, don't, don't expect to be in person very long, um, which obviously was not the case, but, Um, in my head like I had to find a way to transition in and out of distance learning and so I started researching different models and I really fell in love with the flipped model which is hysterical because I had really like what's the American phrase turn my nose up what is it I struggle Uh, with Americans I'm not from here um anyway I'd really like I know what you're
0: saying No, I'm blanking thank you (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> um but uh, the more I researched it and and also I mean technology is just obviously like educational technology as you know of course has just like exploded and mm-hmm. what you have access to is just phenomenal um so the flipped model the idea is that the lesson and the assignment are flipped so instead of coming to class and <sighs> in my opinion kind of like passively listening to a lecture and then going home and like struggling with that assignment you do the opposite so you listen to the lecture um, at home and you come and do the active part right The, the actual work of it together and in sort of like you know this community of your classroom um and Again, like I I mean I researched this because of the times. I truly never I thought, you know, what I'm doing is fine, it's working. <laughs> but um so I never would have like even considered this had it not been for the pandemic. Um, but then going through it last year through I mean, I think a semi-unstable school year. Um I was say like I'm, least. Yeah, yeah. Um never going back to traditional teaching. I just I Love that this model, um, I'm not doing math in front of my students, I'm doing math with my students, they have quite a bit more accountability when it comes to the lesson, because if you're giving the lesson live, you can't go at 37 different paces for 37 different kids, you know, I mean, that's impossible, but um, when they're watching it at home, they can pause, they can rewind, they can speed me up, they can slow me down. Um, and they have to answer questions along the way. So they can't just hit play, go watch Netflix and come back and submit like they have to be answering questions. And they don't have to answer correctly to get full credit. It's just like in class, these rhetorical questions. If I ask the class a question, they're not gonna get penalized for answering, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about it is that every kid has a voice now because when you are giving this lecture and you you know ask these like to the whole class question, the same three people answer right. But when they're this at home, everybody has to answer. Again, it doesn't have to be right, but they have to they have to be engaged with the content. I try not to say you're going to go watch a video. I try to say you're going to go engage with the content at home on your own. Time and the, the lessons are short, you know, like 10 to 20 minutes um, of recorded time. I mean, I understand it usually takes longer to, to watch it and take notes, but um, I'm not asking, I feel I'm not asking a ton for like an AP course. Then when we get to class, we'll recap the lesson and then, and so we have a lot more time to to like synthesize and really like wrap our heads around what we just learned. And that allows again for like a creative outlet for me, like how are, how are we going to synthesize today? Um, So we have time for a lot more activities with this um, model. And then they get time to just work with each other and work on the assignment, um, ask each other, they sit in, in, tables like in in groups so they can ask their group questions they can ask me questions yeah i just had a student the other day say it's like so much better for my mental health because i i know what my homework is and it's to watch this lesson and that is doable like i know i can do that all i have to do is set aside the time whereas before like i wasn't sure if i was going to struggle with it at home or not if it was going to take me 10 minutes or three hours you know um so i think teenagers deserve that from us like they have a lot going on and they're already in school a long time um so I don't feel that we need to be I mean if all six classes gave an hour of homework when would they sleep you know they don't uh, so
0: Unfortunately.
2: that's that's something um that really has changed me as a teacher and that I love, I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I had never um, given it the time of day before the pandemic, but there's definitely something good for me personally that's come out of the pandemic and my students seem to really, um, really, I don't know if enjoy it, is the right word, but be grateful for it. Grateful,
0: which is, that's a great way to put it. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head there where you said that there is because it's been an unstable couple years because of the pandemic like mm-hmm. I know that I've seen um a little bit of regression with my two girls
2: sure yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've
0: I've seen it firsthand um I think Kyle can safely say the same oh yeah, yeah. um and I will and tell not. you yeah and and that's it and another thing that I think came out of this was and this is not a knock at our district. That, that, and this is exactly what we're talking about. Hi, buddy.
2: Can <laughs> you say hi? Hi. This is Jonas.
0: Hello, Jonas. This is our future generation right here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Good looking boy. Mm-hmm. Good thing you look like your mama, not your daddy. Yeah,
2: everybody's like, he's a spitting image of Brett. And I'm like, I know. I was, no, I was an incubator. No, I'm going
0: with you. Brett gets oh, no course. credit. He gets no credit. Um. One of the things that I think was really hard for you all, I want to hear you guys' side of this too, your side of this. When most districts go one to one, make the decision to go one to one for their kids—that's one student device per child. So for our district, we actually lost some kids, so where it's like fourteen three ninety six, I think it is now last yeah. count, give or take. Um, they have years to plan this out to say, here's what we're gonna do, here's what we and the technology part's easy. We just buy the stuff, we buy yeah. the crap. We hand it, I mean, it's not easy, but I think it's easier than trying to do the instructional side. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the things that has hurt the most. I, I feel, and I'm sure I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because this is my honest opinion there is i think we're just now starting to get settled into the one-to-one model on yeah. how to use the online instruction how to do that and i know there's still a lot of resistance to it
2: mm-hmm. and it's it's and to be fair, fair it's in there where we like were forced to right are really, like with
0: it we were thrown in with the literally with the alligators and the crocodiles and the piranhas all mm-hmm. in the same pool and it's one of those kiddie waiting pools where you didn't have any time to like actually tread water. You just right. jump in.
2: One hundred percent.
0: And I think you all have done a phenomenal job. I think everyone's done the best that they can I think so
2: too. No. With the I,
0: situation. I, um, how I know from our perspective, from the technology side, the hardware side, it was it. You know, it's been difficult. How Mm -hmm. has it been from the instructional side having to learn all these new processes? And and I'm going to say it's no district likes to admit that it's incomplete, but I think anyone who's honest and wants just transparency will say, yeah, it was incomplete because we were thrown into it within the period of four months. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're just now starting to get into the groove. How was it from the instructional side? Like, how difficult was it?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're still seeing the difficulty in like when we have a virtual day and I'm spoiled in that the classes I currently teach, most of my students are going to do what I ask them to do, mm-hmm. right? But um, When I talk to teachers who are not teaching um, what we term advanced classes, they oftentimes have very little participation those days. Um, And so I mean, I think that 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 part's really difficult when you're relying solely on technology um, and you can't have the kids right there. It is it's a challenge. Um, I I know. Thankfully, like we had that summer to prep, you know, like after Once when we shut down, I was like making very, um, very um, like Neanderthal like videos for my students because they were still like trying to pass the AP exam. Right? So, I mean, I was just like literally screen recording my iPad um, and like putting it on YouTube, which is just, comical but then we thank god we had that summer to like wrap our heads around like what what do we want to do in the event and because we were told you know it's not if it's when we pivot and um I mean thankfully we have like really amazing IT staff and people we can say like okay this is like what I'm envisioning can you help me um and so i do i really like give you all props because it was hard but it was it was hard because of the situation you know um but just training our kids um, so like, how do you you know i want your math work scanned as a pdf and submitted onto this this page right here i don't want five images emailed me times 140. um and it's like you know we are again year three into this and still on virtual days i'll have students be like i couldn't get it to submit here take these photos instead (laughs) like it's because it's not a pdf (laughs) um so yeah it it's. It is what it is.
0: It well, and it's it's a difficult position you're in. It really mm-hmm. is, and I think you all are making the best that you can of the situation, and what you're given. And I I commend you all. I really I do. do. It's yeah. It's it's. Yeah. I know Kyle and I wouldn't want to be in that position. No. Nope. Look at
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I I, I struggle with with the uh the virtual days yes we, have we all do if i'm, if yes. I'm home and it like um, no
2: one's a fan no one's nope. a fan can we put this on record
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's i, just, uh, I go ahead Tom. yeah i, I just I, the time that i i spend trying to even do like you know virtual kindergarten yes the with, with six-year-old like i couldn't imagine like man that what if there was like 30 of them here oh shit. no yeah. i couldn't do it like <laughs> no.
0: virtual yeah. is not for young kids i think the, what this one thing that yeah. the pandemic has taught us is it's barely for the secondary kids
2: mm-hmm. it and takes, even so, I, I think like in moderation
0: in moderation right not like two weeks at a time
2: right or three and weeks not, at a time Not ever- like
0: no
1: no and littles
0: cannot do virtual
2: no no, no. Well, like,
1: luckily mine didn't they were getting packets sent with them the last we got I mean, both I yeah or whatever but even then i'm just like even oh
2: my so. God, there's
1: what? so much stuff here mm-hmm. and then like he's and at home and
2: so much at that age like socially and emotionally am i allowed to say that like in oklahoma but um i mean they learn so much by just being with other kids right. at yeah. not all ages but i think especially like when they're that young that's a huge part of their education, is like,
0: mm-hmm,
2: yeah, cool. Oh, I'm not supposed to talk right now, you know. Um, and they miss out on that. It's,
0: I hate saying it like this, but monkey see, monkey do
2: 100%. And and like herd mentality, <laughs> uh
0: huh. No, that's 100%. It and it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it's like, you know, I'm I know I asked my youngest, um, you know, like. Okay, so what do you do on this, or did you watch your video? And I will get, I like chocolate milk. Well, yeah, that's great, yeah. but we're not done watching this video yet. Chocolate, then we like, can talk about to? chocolate. I mean, yeah, I
2: know you want to ask your teacher. Do I have to? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: The way and the way I bribe is like, she'll come in with like a mouthful of like Oreos all over the place. I'm like, eh, you know,
1: and a little lady of the house, will
0: ask, do Yeah, yeah. She like, did you give her cookies? No. <laughs> You both I come walking sad. out, just covered in Oreos and crumbs, <laughs> and regret.
1: <laughs> just feel sad. Mostly regret for me. A yeah. regret. All the regrets. All the regrets. Okay. Um, Kyle. Okay. So this one, and you can answer this as vaguely or because we not, don't want to get we don't want to want get personal with it, or just like you know whatever. because um, we we just know that this is something that that happens because just the funding situation in the state as a whole, you have things that provided, you know, supplies and such that are provided to you by the school.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: you have the things in your classroom that come out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes, she already yes, knows where this is going. Yeah. Yes. And so, and, and you don't have to be specific with it if you don't want to, but the the question that we had asked before is, how much comes out of your own pocket just for your classroom for your students, not even just for the things that necessarily that you need, just to be able to, the things for the kids that they need to be able to, you know, effectively learn.
2: Yeah. 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 That's a great question too. I am very, very lucky in that I do work in such a supportive district. I, um, I, I mean, like like the summer is like I really want you know tables instead of just these desks and I like walk in one day and I have tables there you know um, but yeah there are there's a lot of just little things that I end up buying I think a lot of it's like last minute like well you know if we celebrate birthdays and oh I need like candy for that and I need uh, my, my special like vinyl paper so I can make them stupid calculus stickers which um only you know my my sweet nerds really love um or like i'll make ornaments during winter break um and yeah or i don't know like when we're talking about motion along a horizontal axis like our initial functions position. And and then its derivative is velocity, its derivative is acceleration, but after that is jerk. And after that, it's snap, crackle, pop. So like, how can you not have Rice Krispie treats that day, you know? Um, So just like, I think a lot of what I spend my money on would probably be consumables because that stuff like I can't get grants for. Um, This year I kind of wisened up and just sort of thought ahead of time. And I made one of those like Amazon teacher wish lists and sent it to the parents I and mean, they were just they were so generous and it was just like boom I mean stuff was just taken care of um and so like I, I had a ton of candy to start out in the school year <laughs> with them. and dry erase markers and papers and laminating pouches and even just like a um, um diffuser for my classroom um and like cleaning supplies and all that so that was really great um I have we have an educational foundation at Union that is just outrageously generous. Um, every grant I've ever asked for, for them, they have funded. Um, and I've written like, I've written grants for just, like, regular cl- classroom supplies. I've written grants for um, games and bookshelves. I've written a grant for an iPad and an Apple TV. Um, so it's just like the spectrum of stuff. And they're just like, yes, you've got it. Um, and then this year, I also wrote that grant that the State Department um, funded through Donors Choose. And now my whole like back wall of my classroom has these beautiful like glass like whiteboards, you know, like the what you picture in like fancy colleges, you know? They're uh,
0: awesome. They're awesome. They're,
2: yeah, they're beautiful. Um, so I think as I've been in this gig a little bit longer, I see that there are, there really are amazing ways to fund projects for your classroom. You just kind of have to go for them. And, um, and like, so I'm, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram too. I say I'm like, I'm like a 1.6. I'm right between a one and a two, but the two is the helper. And like, I just love to help, 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 which I sometimes have to tell my students, like I'm sitting here today and I'm purposely not helping because you need you need to figure it out on your own um but with that sometimes it's really hard for me to like accept help um and so what I would encourage educators is to just like accept the help there are means out there and people really want to fund classrooms like they really want to they want to help and that money quite frankly shouldn't come out of your wallet because (laughs) Not going to you it's going to um it, it's going to students and people every that's something like we can all agree on we can all agree that um our students should have the resources they need like this is like across all aisles so um yeah i would say like take advantage of those grants that are out there or you know amazon wish lists whatever like people really do want to help
0: you weren't expecting that one, were you, Kyle? No, oh,
1: no, not at all. That was that was awesome, though. That was a great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Just the resources that are <laughs> out there.
2: Yeah, especially now with like how connected we are as a society. You know, like people want to help, which is okay. We got to wrap it up. Got a text from from my husband.
0: Okay, well we we will go a couple you tell him you're important here to us and he needs to uh, go give the kid a bath. Um, okay. So let's do this. Let's Kyle, you pick one and I'll pick one. Well, and we then can we'll do, go with that finish it do, up.
1: Uh, number 19 combo that, because that one might take a little, just,
0: yeah, let's do 19. That might take, a let's little just bit. do that. Okay. So what does it mean to you to be the state teacher of the year for the state of Oklahoma for 2022?
2: yeah it is I mean it's like it's the honor of a lifetime um there were 11 other finalists and truly any of the 11 could have could have won this title um it really like um I've gotten a lot of like oh you're so deserving and it's just like it 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 just doesn't sit right with me because there are so many teachers that are deserving and so um, for me, like, I just, I take it very, very seriously that I'm representing, um, some of the very best teachers in the state and in this country, I think. Um, so it's, it's truly an honor, um, but it is, it's, yeah, it's just not something I take lightly, um, what i say is like they're not this isn't like oh let's find the best teacher out there because there's no such thing there's no such thing as the best teacher you can't compare a pre k teacher to a calculus teacher i mean you just can't um but what this title is supposed to be is it's supposed to be an advocate for teachers and um this is my chance to try to encourage teachers and lift teachers to help retain the teachers we have and to encourage young people to consider education as a career. And so um, that's what this title means to me, is an opportunity to um, really shine a light on the good and important work that Oklahoma teachers are doing.
0: Which is awesome. Honestly, I can't think of a better person who deserves this title, who's a better advocate for teachers than you. So. Rob you are um, you should just based on the support that I've seen when you got it um, that says a lot it says a lot for your character and your hard work and your dedication so we appreciate you
2: people have been incredibly generous and incredibly generous
0: so um, is there anything that you want to leave as parting words for anyone listening to this
2: well, I would say if there are students, um, I want to thank you for letting us do what we do. Like I am who I am because of my students. I think they bring out the best in me and I feel very, very lucky that I get to do what I do day in and day out and I wouldn't get to do it without them. Um, so for students, I just say thank you. And I hope that you all stay true to yourselves because we need who you were created to be. And if there are teachers listening, I would say a huge thank you, and that I see you. I see what these three years have done. Um, I think there's there's no there's never been a harder time to be a teacher. I really do believe that. And so. Um, I just want to tell teachers that I see them and it's not lost on me like the lesson plans that have been made and remade uh, in countless times. It's not lost on me um, that they are coming in early and staying late to remediate and to make up for those learning losses. It's not lost on me the extra patience it takes. Um, to deal with behavior now because it's not just been academic learning losses that they're facing, it's behavioral learning losses as well and social emotional learning losses. And so um, the work teachers are doing right now is, is incredibly challenging, but I hope teachers, I want you to know that it is good and important work. I think public education is what's still right with our society. And I think that access to high quality Free education is the bedrock of democracy and teachers are at the heart of that. You know, um, public education, the foundation of it is that everybody's in, you know, no matter your skin color, or your zip code or your gender or um, ethnicity, what parents make, immigration status, whatever, like you're in, you belong, you have a seat at the table and that. That's the foundation of society and teachers play such a critical role in safeguarding that, right? So, teachers, I applaud you. I am so very proud to be one of you. And I hope that you get some good rest over spring break.
0: That is, I don't think we could have said better because we couldn't have.
1: No, I know I couldn't.
0: No. <laughs> we smart, but we smart, but not that smart. <laughs> we try. <so. clears throat> Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking time out of your free time to do this with us. Um, with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris,
1: and I'm Kyle. And again, thank you very much for being on the show. It was it was you, great honor. to have you on, and just to hear your insight on on just the state of education in the state right now. So um again we just really appreciate you being on thank you so much it's been a pleasure having you on and for everybody out there listening wherever you are uh, have a good morning good night good evening whatever time it is and please be good to each other see ya ya. rise up it could get elevated
0: nerd rise up it could get
1: elevated. <laughs> Nerdcore core used to be just a made-up word. MCs shied away from.